My Seven Chakras, episode 163. The story of your life is written by you. The Seven Chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body, from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, Action Takers? AJ here, founder and host of My 7 Chakras. And you are back to the show where we dive deep into the realms of the ancient world to provide you actionable ideas on how you can transform your mind, your body, your spirit and embark on a human revolution. Now, this is a show where we believe that failure is only a stepping stone to success and that it's not over until you win. Action Tribe, as you guys know, I'm a big fan of gratefulness. So before we begin today's show, we're going to have a moment of gratefulness. My question to you is, who is that one person who you are absolutely grateful for right now? Think about it. No matter where you are in life, there has to be this one person who has helped you out, told you a joke, or maybe brightened your day, made you smile, or did you a favor. So I want to know, who is that one person who you are grateful for right now? If you're on Instagram, click a picture with that one person and make sure you use our handle at my7chakras while posting so that I get notified and can come check your moment of gratefulness out as well. Once again, head over to Instagram, click a picture, use our handle my7chakras and tell me who is that one person who you are grateful for right now. This will only take a minute, but this one moment of gratefulness will transform your day today. And with that, we are now ready to bring you our featured guest for today. Cynthia Ruiz. So Cynthia, are you ready to inspire? AJ, I'm ready to inspire and you've already inspired me. So it's already begun. Awesome. So Cynthia Ruiz is an author, professor, inspirational speaker and leadership expert, receiving over 50 accolades and awards for her leadership and services to Los Angeles. She currently serves as a Los Angeles City Commissioner. So Cynthia, welcome to My 7 Chakras. Before we move on, take about a minute and tell us a bit more about you. Well, first of all, AJ, I have to say thank you so much. I am grateful to you for this opportunity to speak with you and your listeners. And I really appreciate everything you do with My 7 Chakras because you are the positive voice. Today, there's so much negativity. So having that positivity is like a a breath of fresh air. So thank you for that. So I live in Los Angeles, and I come from two cultures. Uh, My dad was Mexican, and I say was because he's made his transition. And then my mom, Native American Cherokee, we're registered members of the Cherokee Nation of Oklahoma. And so what I like to say is that I get my passion for life and love for music and dancing from my Latina side, but I get my spirituality, love for Mother Nature, and the earth from my Native side. So I believe that I have the best of both worlds, and I've been along on my spiritual journey for many, many years, and I just feel that I've uh, accumulated a lot of wisdom, and I just love sharing it with other people to make their lives better. 
Well, thanks a lot for sharing that. I'm sure that we are going to learn so much about your unique combination of traditions, uh, as well as your experience with leadership and what people can do today in order to tap into their unique style of leadership as well. But before that, let's begin with a dose of inspiration. Cynthia, what is your favorite inspirational quote? And tell us how you apply this quote in your day-to-day life. Yes, so my favorite quote is the story of your life is written by you, by Don Miguel Ruiz. He's same last name, but he's not a relative. But (laughs) but the story of your life is written by you. And I feel that that quote is very empowering because what we have to realize is that in our lives, don't play the victim, empower yourself and walk along your journey because we each and every one of us has our own individual journey. And so you write your own story by the choices that you make. And sometimes we make good choices and sometimes bad, and that's okay. But we are, I like to say, we're the CEO of our life and we're shaped by the choices. So I think that quote by Don Miguel Ruiz is so powerful because it's empowering And it helps us understand that we do control our life by the choices we make. So Action Tribe, the story of your life is written by you. So think about it. No matter where you are right now or what challenges you're facing or what you've been through, your story is written by you and you are the hero in your own journey. So take some time to really understand what that means and the power that you really have to write your own story. So thanks a lot for sharing that, Cynthia. And with that, let's dive in. What really inspired you to write your book, Shoroki Wisdom? So as I indicated, I'm, you know, half Native American. And in the Native American culture, when you gain wisdom you almost have a responsibility to share that to help other people's lives. So I feel like this point in my life that I have shared, I've gained so much that I do want to share it. This is my second book. My first book was called Finding Sane Relationships in a Crazy World. And it sounds like a relationship book, but I believe the most important relationship you could have is with yourself. And through our life experiences, we all gain baggage, emotional baggage, anger, resentment, guilt, shame. And the first book is about letting all that go. Now, the second book, Cherokee Wisdom, 12 Lessons for Becoming a Powerful Leader, is really stepping into your power as a leader. And a lot of people say, well, I'm not in the leader's position. Well, I believe that everyone is because we think of leaders as being CEOs of companies or political uh, leaders. But you know what? We're all leaders. We're leaders in our families. We're leaders in our social lives. We, you know, we could just be walking down the street and lead by example. So we all have the ability to be a leader. So I share some lessons from my ancestors, my Cherokee ancestors. And I hope that people can take this information, incorporate it in their life, and develop their own individual leadership style. So I really love what you said. You 
shared three really important and critical things you said number one when you gain wisdom you essentially has a responsibility to share that wisdom with others as well which i think is a wonderful way to collectively grow as a community as a city you know as a country and you also shared that the most important relationship that somebody can have is with oneself so it's so important action tribe to be kind compassionate and loving to yourself because once you get stronger from within you can do so much more in the place around you to the people around you and three you mentioned so eloquently that leadership is not really restricted to a person who has a job function maybe like a ceo or a politician or a business owner each and every one of us can find our own leadership style and own occasion where we can show and exhibit our leadership for the benefit of others as well so cynthia question to you what is your definition of leadership. My definition of leadership is having the ability to influence other people. And again, you just reiterated that you don't have to be in a certain job title because we lead by example. And I share a story in the book where I was actually at a fast food restaurant, but I was getting a salad. I wasn't getting junk food, so I was still being healthy. So I I was uh, in line, and there was a gentleman in front of me, and he was paying for his meal, but he came up short. He didn't have enough money, and he looked a little bit disheveled, and he may or may not be homeless. But I just, you know, didn't without thinking about it, I reached into my purse and gave him a dollar. What I didn't realize is that in line behind me was a mother and daughter. And the young girl saw what I did, so she turned to her mom and asked her for a dollar, and then she gave it to the man and said, here, I hope this helps. So he purchased his meal, and he was so happy that complete strangers helped him out. I was happy because I didn't even realize the the young girl was behind me, but we all had a very special moment. So the whole point is we all lead, and we lead by example. Other people watch us. And they mimic our behavior, especially young people. So it's always so important as a leader to really act with integrity because people do watch you. And in that particular point, I had no fancy job title in front of me. I was just, you know, a customer in line uh, purchasing a meal when the young girl mimicked my actions and I was leading by example. So Action Tribe, this is amazing because... Whether you know it or not, your actions, your thoughts, uh, whatever you do is impacting somebody around you. So make sure that you're setting the right example so that when you are, you know, in that leadership capacity or when your life changes later on, you will notice that whatever action that you've taken has really manifested into something beautiful and you really impacted somebody's life. So Cynthia, we have action takers listening in from all around the world. So for someone who hasn't heard about the name Cherokee before, could you talk to us a bit about the history of the Cherokee people? Sure. So Cherokee people are strong people that uh, were in the United States before anybody else. And so we initially were in like North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, that area. But through a, a series of events that happened, the Cherokees got relocated to Oklahoma, and that was actually something called Trail of Tears, mm-hmm. where, where they were relocated, uh, not willingly, to another place in Oklahoma, because for whatever reason, the United States felt that they wanted the resources and they wanted the land where the Cherokees originally were. Now, in the United States, you have 
many, many uh, tribes. Uh, there's an excess of 300 Native American tribes in the United States, and each one is a little bit different, has a little bit different cultures and, and beliefs, but the core of who Native Americans are is that we are very holistic thinking, mm. and we believe in Mother Earth and Mother Nature, and we believe that we all are an integral part of that whole universal system. Wonderful. So thanks a lot for providing us that context and sharing that information with so many people who probably do not have that understanding or that knowledge about the history of the United States of America. So based on your experience, what are some of the different type of leaders that you've come across in life? Well, there's many different types of leaders. And I believe that Leadership is not an exact science because I believe mm. human behavior is not exact science because we, each and every one of us, come to this earth and have different experiences. So no two people are alike. So you cannot have a one size fits all when it comes to leadership. So I believe that in the old days, they believe that either you had a leader that was based on the individual traits of the leader or the situation, or a combination. I believe that I, as a leader, sometimes I change my style depending on the group that I'm leading. But I always, and that's why I wrote the book, is because I believe as a leader, if I make decisions based on my core values, I'll never make a bad decision for me. Wonderful. So leadership based on the values that you have and that you've grown up with. Is that correct? Right. And in the book, The 12 Lessons for becoming a powerful leader, the 12 lessons stem from the core values of the Cherokee Nation. And first and foremost, I'll share a couple of them with you. First and foremost is integrity. And the way we define integrity is integrity is doing the right thing, even though nobody else is looking. So it's easy to do the right thing when somebody else is looking and watching you. But when you are alone and you are faced with a situation where you have to make a decision to do the right thing or not, we believe that that's really the true test of integrity. Because even if you're alone, I believe that the creator is watching. I use the term creator interchangeably with God, with universal love. It doesn't matter what term you use. I believe that we're all connected with that universal consciousness. And that's really always there. So when you're, even though there may be no humans around, you still have that you know, universal consciousness that's watching. So integrity, it's important to always act with integrity because that affects you in so many other ways. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Interesting. So, Cynthia, over the years, who is one leader that you really admire and why? Well, there are many. But I think one of the leaders that I can say that I really admire was Nelson Mandela. And the reason I admire him so much, not only because he changed a nation, Mm -hmm. but it's how he reacted to the situation. He was in prison for many, 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 many years. I think it was 26 years. When he came out, his heart was still filled with love and compassion. It would be very easy to come out of prison and say, you know, be resentful and angry. But he still, he always kept his people in his heart. And so with compassion and with wisdom, he came out and he literally changed the nation and led, you know, South Africa 
in a way that you, once you change that paradigm, you never go back. And so he is one of the people that I just feel it was an all-time wonderful transformational leader. Wonderful. That's so true. And thanks a lot for sharing. After 26 years in jail, as you mentioned, it's so easy to you know get angry or be full of hate, right? Because those people effectively took 26 years of your life, which is more than a quarter of uh, a century, even if you live up to 100 years. But he came out with love and a vision and compassion. And that's, I think, why he was the leader that he was. So thanks a lot for reminding us. So Cynthia, would you say that leadership has changed over the years? Yes, it, it has. And um, I, as you indicated, I'm a professor, so I teach leadership at a graduate level. And so I teach the history of leadership. And in the old days, leadership used to be uh, more a authoritarian type, almost like a dictator type. You know, as far back as uh, Machiavelli wrote the book Print, The Prince. And at that time, he questioned, is it better for a leader to be loved or hated? Well, he came to the conclusion that it's better to be hated. Well, at that time, maybe that was appropriate because everything was more controlled by the military. So what's happening in today's world is we are having more transformational leaders where they actually include everybody. They take everybody into consideration. And the new dynamic that's happening around the world is now that we have more women leaders, women leadership brings a whole new dynamic because traditional traits of women are they're more compassionate, they're more collaborative, they're they're more communicative. So women bring what's called social power, where traditionally men have more personal power. Now, does it Mm -hmm. doesn't make one right or wrong. It just means that, you know, the world's transforming as more and more women get into leadership roles. So absolutely, you know, uh, leadership is changing in so many ways. And it's always driven by society. And you see this with the millennials. Because what's happening with the millennials is they are more socially conscious, not just in politics, but in how they spend their money, what they eat. So they're driving a lot of the companies to be more socially responsible. So nowadays, it's not uncommon that the big corporations have social responsibility components in their company where they, that did not exist 20 years ago. So I think the world is changing. Um, I know we see a lot of negativity on the news, but I believe that the underlying undercurrent, we're becoming a more compassionate, transformational world. Love that. So you said that leadership is overall moving more towards social power, right? Yes. So for an individual who is more being dependent on individual power up until now, for whatever reason, what uh, steps can he or she take in order to develop more of that social power for the benefit of his community or her community or whatever it is? Well, when you're a leader, a lot of times it depends on the process. I mean, the old way of doing things, it was, you know, I'm just going to tell you what to do. Now, Mm -hmm. with social power, it's more taking consideration the entire group and empowering the group not only together but individually because when you're leading a team, you do an assessment of everybody's skills and then you want them to use their skills so they do better and they feel better about themselves. So, again, it's looking at the the totality and looking at a holistic view of the group just versus do what I say and this is the way we're going to do it. 
So that's the way I see things changing. And, and for your tribe, and I love that word tribe, you know, they can just, when they are leading a group, just be more conscious of the entire group and how the group works together and realize they are leading by example and everybody's watching their example. So thanks a lot for your uh, wonderful answer. Now let's go back in time now. How did you first enter the field of leadership? Were you always a leader or was there a point at which you sort of embraced your leadership? Tell us that story. So both. The answer is both. So I actually come from very humble beginnings. I was the first person in my family to go to college. So we, I grew up, for lack of a better word, I grew up pretty poor. And so I always realized that the way that I was going to get out of poverty was through education. So I worked really hard. I was very determined and was fortunate to get my master's degree by the time I was 23. So I didn't necessarily come from a leadership place of leadership because, you know, my parents were working people. They, they were not in leadership roles but I was always involved in student government. When I was at the university, I ran for student government, and I, I was president of different associations, but always because I wanted to help people. I always wanted to be of service, and when I was of service to other people, it helped me. But of course, you know, over the years, I had to develop public speaking skills. I had to develop self-confidence, self-worth. Because when you come from a place of poverty, a lot of times you feel like you're inadequate or not good enough. So I had to really develop a belief in myself and have that self-confidence in order to be able to thrive. And of course, hard work and education. So then I was very fortunate. I worked really hard and I've been in positions of power where I was in charge of a department of 5,000 employees. Currently, as you indicated, I'm a commissioner overseeing a $15 billion portfolio. So now through my hard work and self-confidence and really just, you know, believing in myself, I've been able to do what seemingly seemed impossible, but now it's possible. Mm -hmm. So I think your story is really, really inspiring. You told us early on that you had to get out of poverty and you realized that to get out of it, you would have to get educated and you worked really hard. You studied hard, but not only that, you also worked on your extracurricular activities and your focus, as you mentioned, was service. And through looking for opportunities to serve, you developed your leadership skills and your public speaking as well, because your focus was not only about you, but on the community at large. I think that's what, uh, even when someone goes on stage, they feel nervous because the focus is all on them. But when they focus on the value that they can bring to the lives of people in front of them, automatically they feel less nervous, they're more confident because they're here to serve and not just to perform uh, in front of the crowd. So thanks a lot for your story. I know that we don't have all the time to dive deep uh, into all the attributes of leadership that you speak about in your book. But could you walk us through the 12 attributes that you've outlined in your book? Well, I don't want to go through all of them because I do want the reader to pick up the book and learn themselves. But I do want to share a few that I think are very, very valuable and very important. Sure. I already talked about integrity. But the next thing that's so important to me about leadership that I talk about in the book is humility. I think humility is lacking in a lot of the leaders in today's society because they become so ego-driven. They don't realize you can be humble and confident at the same time. Those two words are not mutually exclusive. Humility is knowing that you're not better than every, anybody else 
and not judging other people for their journey because we all are, are unique and different. So to me, and going back to the example I gave earlier with Nelson Mandela, I think he was a perfect example of how you can be humble and strong and lead. So humility is one of the most important attributes that I can think of. Another one is be strong. Now, when I talk about strength, I'm not only talking about physical strength. I'm talking about mental strength. I'm talking about spiritual strength. And I'm talking about emotional strength. Because we all have challenges in our life. I don't care who you are. Sooner or later, you're going to have a challenge in your life. So finding that mental strength to get through that challenge is so important. Then once you get to the other side, you realize that that challenge was put in your life to learn a lesson. Because out of every challenge, there's an opportunity to learn a lesson. So just evaluating that and looking at that. So what I've talked about so far is integrity, you know, humility, strength, and there's many more. But of course, I would love for the reader to uh, pick up the book. But one thing I do want to say is I've gotten a lot of positive feedback on the book from men. Men like it because it's a very easy read. It's quick, easy, to the point. And for some reason or other, that resonates with men. Why do you think that is, AJ? Well, like you mentioned, the leadership is changing, right, from more individualistic sort of leadership to more of social power. And I think a lot of men uh, these days, in order to be the leaders of their companies or their communities or their country, in fact, need to tap into some of these leadership attributes that women uh, have and uh, sort of might be conveyed in your book as well. Yeah. (laughs) Wonderful. So thanks a lot for sharing one humility You can be humble and confident at the same time. Action Tribe, you can know your story and your accomplishments without judging others. And the second is strength, that mental resiliency to sort of overcome challenges and obstacles, which we speak about during each and every show. So, Cynthia, thanks a lot for sharing those stories up until now. For someone listening to this episode right now who really wants to embark on the path of leadership, what is that one action step that you would recommend today towards becoming a better leader? Well, I think it's two parts. First of all, really believe in yourself and your ability. Because if you don't believe in yourself, then you're going to have difficulty having other people follow you. So it's having that self-confidence is number one. But the second piece of that is really believing in the people around you and the people that you're leading. Everybody has skills. So it's really about working with the people in your group that you're leading, whether it be at work or home, and really you know, helping them rise. Because when the group rises, everybody rises. So again, it goes back to social power. It's not about individuals anymore. It's about all of us working together and rising. Action Tribe, to access the show notes for today's episode, visit my7chakras.com forward slash 163. That's my7chakras.com forward slash 163. Before you've practiced, the theory is useless. After you've practiced, the theory 
is obvious. Now, this is a quote by David Williams, Action Tribe. The message is loud and clear here. Theory is not of much use by itself, but it helps strengthen your practice. Whether you're in school, in college, in your business, or in your personal development, once you take action, you try something out, and you make a few mistakes, or you come across challenges, like your learning comes in every person's life. The learning that you have from that experience is unlike any theory that you can ever learn. Theory is important, but not in Enough because in life, as this quote states, after you've practiced, the theory is obvious. So, Cynthia, take us back to a time when you faced a major challenge. Talk to us about how you came across the challenge in the first place. And then finally, how did you overcome it? Well, thank you for asking that question. So I was in a situation, I'm a, a very hard worker and almost overachiever, and I've always gotten everything I wanted. So I was in a situation where I was working in a job, but it was a job that was a political appointment, meaning that I didn't have to go through civil service type of process. It was, I was appointed by the mayor of the city of Los Angeles into a position. So I was working hard. I was loving it. I was, everything was great. I got paid well. Everything was good. And then one day out of the clear blue sky, I got called into the office, very unexpected, and I got let go. And I was devastated. It's like, okay, how am I going to pay my house payment? How could they do this to me? Because I asked him, I said, well, can I at least have two weeks to, you know, clean up all of everything that I was doing? And it was very hard not to take it personal, but it was all political. I got caught in the political crossfire and it really had nothing to do with me, but I did take it personal because there went my entire livelihood. There went everything or so I thought. So I really had to just step away from the situation and really have faith. And I knew that I would be taken care of by the universe. And so I just had to move forward and not get stuck. Because when, when a challenge happens, a lot of times people just get stuck there and feel sorry for themselves. So I just said, I say, okay, let me move forward. Long story short, a few months later, not only did I get that job back with more money, I actually got a promotion. Mm -hmm. So, but it was, you know, again, it's just when you face challenges, you got to step back, not take it personal and just realize that everything happens for a reason, but it's easier said than done because when you're going through something like that, it's very challenging. So what I did is I really just reached out to my support system and they supported me and I realized you just got to move forward because nothing lasts forever. And I knew that I would get through that. And it, as it turned out, everything worked out in my favor, but it was a very difficult challenge for me to go through. And miraculously, you know, I things started flowing and money started coming in that I hadn't even really realized was going to come in. So everything worked out perfectly. So I love that story. If you had to share one major life lesson from your story with the listeners listening to this episode right now, what would that one major life lesson be? Well, I think one of the life lessons I like to share is that I believe that our lives are like circles and only so much fits into that circle. And so in order to bring new things, positive things into your life, you have to, you know, clean house. You have to let go of some stuff or the new stuff is not going to come in. So, you know, I do release work. 
and try to release things. And usually it's emotional, release the baggage, whether it be anger, resentment, guilt, shame, whatever we're carrying around, you have to release that so you can clear up some space and to, uh, to bring the new positive stuff in. It's like the computer and the memory. You only have so much memory in there. So in order, if you want to add more stuff to it, you got to delete some stuff. So delete the baggage out of your life to be able to bring in new things, new things that you want to manifest into your life. Well, absolutely. It's like the computer term I learned years back, uh, G-I-G-O, garbage in, garbage out. <laughs> You know, so thanks a lot for sharing your story. You shared that you were in a situation where you were in a job, a political appointment. Uh, as you've told us before as well, you've always been very hardworking, very studious, you know, very in line with your value sets. And then at one point, out of the blue, like you mentioned, you got called and you were let go, which I'm sure was really hard and challenging because A, you had so many questions in your mind about what did you do? What happened? You took it personally, although you realized that the reason was political. And so in that moment, in that situation, you had to take charge and decide what to do next. You decided to step away from the situation because you had faith deep down and you realized that the universe was essentially on your side. And then you took action instead of sort of just staying there and building inertia. You move forward and then you realized a couple of months down the line, as you so wonderfully shared with us, that you not only got the same job, but you also got a promotion with a higher package. And that's why Action Tribe, whenever you're in a challenging situation, take some time to step back and realize what's happening overall. Realize that everything happens for a reason. But when you're in that situation, sometimes you may not be able to assess it quite effectively. And if you have like a tribe or a support system, people who know, like and trust you, you, you can always go back to them and seek their support because life, as Cynthia rightly mentioned, is like a circle. Sometimes you need to let go of the old energy before you can let in the new energy. So thanks a lot for sharing uh, that with us, Cynthia. You're welcome. And Action Tribe, I hope you've enjoyed today's show as much as I have. And I also hope that you've received some nuggets of wisdom that you can try out today itself in your journey. There'll be moments when you have to take action, moments when it's better to stay still, moments when it's important to express your voice, and moments when silence is the best option. You see, people often underestimate the power of silence. Silence is a powerful tool in the right hands. And if you know how to use it, you can truly make a difference in the world around you. Because as Sri Chinmoy once said, silence is not silent. Silence speaks. It speaks most eloquently. Silence is not still. Silence leads. It leads most perfectly. So make sure you don't forget about the power of silence. Wow. So Cynthia, <laughs> as on today, what is your life's calling? Well, my life's calling is to really get the message out to as many people as possible that they're the, the message of unconditional love. That at the end of the day, unconditional love and peace will prevail. And I love the fact that your show is really about energy because I believe that we all have, we're energy. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's sharing that positivity and really it goes back to making choices. Make choices where you can have positive people in your life. Make choices where you can have positive affirmations in your life to really reprogram your brain from all that negativity. So it's really my job, I believe, is to really touch as many people as possible 
with that message of unconditional love and, and positivity and peace. So, Cynthia, in retrospect, was there ever a defining moment, maybe a conversation that you had, a phrase that you came across, an experience that you had that really changed things for you? To be honest with you, no. I think it's mm-hmm. been it's been a lifelong process. I mean, there's been many, many people that have influenced my life. And I believe that I'm not the same person as I was five years ago as I am today. Uh, I'm not the same person as I was two years ago. But I've yeah. made choices to have different experiences. Uh, a couple of years ago, what I decided to do is take a spiritual vacation. I was going to go to Europe and take this lavish trip. But I said, you know what? I'm going to invest in myself. So there were several components to this spiritual vacation. The first one is I was of service and I walked the Avon Walk for Breast Cancer, which was 26.2 miles. I walked a marathon. And it doesn't sound like a lot, but for me, as growing up as a child, I actually had club feet and had a lot of physical difficulties. So to be able to fast forward as an adult walk a marathon was truly a miracle. And I went to go see Dr. Wayne Dyer. Unfortunately, he made, he's made his transition amazing speaker, just a beautiful soul. And then from there, I spent a week at the Deepak Chopra Center with Mm. Deepak Chopra. And that was transformational. He's amazing. And we were meditating up to three hours a day. And then the following weekend, I went, I flew, I live in LA, flew up to San Jose and took Oprah Winfrey's Live the Life You Want. And she had Deepak as well. And Ayanna Van Sant, and all these amazing people. So the whole point of all this is that I made a conscious decision to have a spiritual vacation just versus just a relaxing and fun vacation, and I invested in myself. And I have to say that I came out a much different person in a better way. Not that I was a bad person before, but it, I feel like my energy shifted. And after that experience, that's kind of really escalated me wanting to help and touch as many people as I can. So my my spiritual journey has been a long process, but I've ha- I've invested in myself by making conscious decisions to enhance it. Wonderful. I think we've come a whole circle with the message that you shared with us today that if you need to bring something new into your life, you need to make space for it as well, right? So you've effectively gone to some of the most influential people's workshops, right? You went to Dr. Wayne Dyer, Deepak Chopra, Oprah Winfrey, and I'm sure that those experiences were not cheap, right? They, they must have cost something. But you very thoughtfully decided that you need to set aside some amount of that financial energy in order to welcome in some spiritual energy that has obviously transformed your life. I believe in that as well. Uh, you know, as you rightly say, in order to welcome some new energy into your life, you need to think deeply and make way for it. Otherwise, there is no space. So uh, thanks a lot for sharing. And with that, we've arrived at the wisdom round, the last rapid fire round for today. So Cynthia, out of all the advice that you've received in your life, what is the best advice that you've ever received? That everything is temporary and no matter how dark it looks in this moment, the sun will shine tomorrow. Name a personal habit that keeps you strong. Every morning when I wake up, I do my gratitude list. And when I start out with the attitude of gratitude, that keeps me grounded. So, Cynthia, do you have a morning routine? I do. So I start off with gratitude and then I pray and then I meditate. 
So for me, you know, praying, I consider that talking to God mm. and meditation is listening. Wonderful. So name a book that you'd like to recommend for our listeners today. The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Awesome. So we'll definitely have this book up in the show notes. Action Tribe, to access the show notes for today's episode, visit our website, my7chakras.com forward slash 163. That's my7chakras.com forward slash 163. So Cynthia, thank you so much for joining us today, for sharing all your stories and the influence that your heritage has had upon you and your leadership style and giving us these effective action steps that we can take today itself in order to embark on our leadership. Before you go, tell us one thing that you are grateful for and tell us the best way we can find you online as well. Well, AJ, I am grateful for you and allowing me this opportunity to share my wisdom with your tribe. So thank you for that. And I love to connect with people so they can visit my website. My website is my name, Cynthia, C-Y-N-T-H-I-A-M. That's my middle initial, R-U-I-Z.com, CynthiaMRuiz.com. From there, I have a blog post, I have videos, I have all kinds of great stuff. And from my website, you can connect to me through all on all my social media. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everything. So there you go, Action Tribe. If you want to improve your leadership style or if you want to learn something more about how you can tweak or enhance the quality of your leadership, then you need to go to CynthiaMRuiz.com. You can pick up the book as well, which I'm sure you'll find on the same website. We'll have the link up in the show notes. Cynthia, thank you so much for coming on our show enlightening us about authentic leadership and taking us one step closer to a human revolution. My pleasure. You are listening to My 7 Chakras. Go to mysevenchakras.com. Download your free gift, get inspired and take action. Transform your life today.